We're glad you're with us tonight. God bless you. There's a very beautiful part of the scriptures that, to be honest with you, all of my ministry, I just never really preached from until just of late. I've gotten all excited about it. I began to think a few months ago, uh, why did Jesus die? What did he want to do for his followers? I began to ask myself the question, why did Jesus go to the cross? He must have something very special in mind for his children. And uh, and then I began to read what Dr. Luke said about it. And Dr. Luke, he had uh, he was a personal physician for an itinerant evangelist. He was probably the lowest paid doctor ever born. But I turned to Dr. Luke to find out uh, why Jesus died for the church. What does he desire for his children? You see, between the time that Jesus arose from the dead and went back to heaven, those few hours he had on earth, Luke said he did three things before he went back. And I got all excited about that because I know that Jesus is saying, I've come out of the grave to do this for my followers. I desire this for you. And it's so important that before I even go back to heaven, I'm going to see that I take care of this before I leave here. And I'm going to try tonight to uh, preach this to you in this service tonight, if the Lord will help us. A lot of difference in a sermon and a message. Most anybody can preach a sermon. Most anybody say some nice things. But when it burns your heart till you burn somebody else's heart, it becomes a message. There are a few sermons I preached in my day. I wish I'd go back and preach again. Give any of those, uh, Brother Luke, if you'd like to re-preach. Get into them, being honest with you. But I trust tonight that God will preach through us this message tonight. In the Gospel of Luke, Chapter 23, verse 54. Luke 23 and verse 54. And that day was a preparation, and the Sabbath drew on. <clears throat> or it was Friday, in other words. And the women also, which came with him from Galilee, followed after and beheld the sepulcher, and how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. Now chapter 24 and verse 1. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments, and as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, the men in white said to them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinners, and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. And returned from the sepulchre and told all these things until the eleven and to all the rest. I remember when I was just a young preacher boy, just a kid, I heard Dr. Morrison preach. What a great preacher he was. <clears throat> Every time I preach a Wilmore camp meeting, I always go down and drive 
around the cemetery at Wilmore. It's the only cemetery I know of that I enjoy taking a trip to. But I like to drive down what they call Holiness Road in the cemetery. The man who founded Asbury College is buried there. And on his tombstone it says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is true. On another one's tombstone it says, Here lies one who received, believed in, preached, and practiced the doctrine of entire sanctification. On another marker it says, Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. You may say, what came from all of that? Well, I, I won't get into it tonight, but there's just no end to what God does to a sanctified life. And from that little beginning of sanctified men who began that great college, do you realize that, that Wilmore College, Asbury College, has sent out more missionaries than every Methodist school in the world combined? Because a few men got sanctified holy and got excited about it. Glory to God. I remember Dr. Morrison saying that as a kid. You thought I forgot what I was going to say, didn't you? I remember him saying there are some scriptures in the Bible that if you could read them and get by them without them breaking your heart, that you've already lost Christ out of your life. I never have forgotten that. I don't reach a place where there are some scriptures that don't break my heart. And this is one of them. And every time in the New Testament I see the word 11, I want to weep. There were 12. But now there's only 11. I wonder who's gone out of your midst tonight that has turned back. i got news for you, folks. We're going to lose some people along the way. You just have to be ready for that. Not everybody's going to make it. Some's going to turn back. Some seed will fall on shallow soil. Others will be choked out by the cares of this world. But I have never rejoiced over anybody we've lost. Not one. It ought to break our hearts, every one that we lose. <clears throat> and returned from the sepulchre and told all these things unto the eleven and to all of the rest. You may be seated. God bless you. I'd like to privilege tonight just a moment to, to try something here. I, I'm just a little bit curious. How many folk in this congregation are TOs? That means theologians' offspring. Used to be PKs, I guess, in the old days. But how many here are preacher's kids? I want you to stand. I'm just curious. I think there's a lot of you here tonight. I want all the preacher's kids to stand. Your dad or mother was a preacher or is a preacher. Would you stand? Just remain standing. Just stand right up. Now, just remain standing a moment. Now, how many here are grandchildren of a preacher? Would you stand? Your grandparent is a preacher or was a preacher. That's beautiful. A lot of you. I knew there was. A lot of you. God bless you. You're special people. You may be seated. God bless you. In this scripture I'm preaching from tonight are some very beautiful truths. Words cannot express how much Jesus loved his followers. Just read the New Testament, how he really loved them. Which reminds me tonight, folk, the sweetest thought you'll ever have this side of the gate is to know that Jesus loves you. And when I am almost overwhelmed and I need to get a hold of a thought that will sort of keep me going, 
I can always grab hold of one. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. We are weak, but he is strong. And Jesus loved his followers, and his followers loved him. And now Jesus has been been crucified. They're discouraged. They hide in caves and caverns far and near, fearing for their life. They run away. He who might redeem Israel has now been killed, and their faith is shattered. But then they remember the word Jesus spake, how the third day he would rise again. And now Jesus comes out of the grave. He could have gone to heaven almost immediately had he chosen to. But he said, before I go, there's some things I need to do for you that I love so much. Now, he didn't do this for the whole world, just for his disciples. Eleven special people. Folk like you. Folk has loved him a long time. Folk has served him a long time. And Jesus said, before I leave you, I'm going to do three things for you. Now, let's see what they were. Now, two of the disciples walked the Emmaus Road, which is about seven and a half miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking about all these things that happened. And Jesus himself drew near and went with them. And the Bible says that they did not recognize him. Their eyes were holding that they could not tell who he was. I've wondered many times why they didn't recognize him. I really don't know. I know what the Bible commentators say, but they're only speculating like the rest of us. Could it be that they were, they'd so soon go back into discouragement that they didn't see well? Because you can get so discouraged, brother, that you can lose your priorities, your perspective. Sense of direction, everything else. I think they're back low, low of the despair and discouragement. Or could it be that Jesus looks so different as a resurrected Christ from the suffering crucified Lord that now they don't even recognize him? But all this brings me tonight to something I'd like to ask you. If God were to die, which he isn't going to do, would you know it? Or would you need somebody to come and tell you about it? And if Jesus were to come in tonight, would you know him by his presence and the fellowship you've had with him? Would you know him if you met him tonight? They didn't recognize Jesus. And Jesus said, what manner of communications are these that you have one to another? And as you walk and as you look so sad, remember what I said the other night? Caught up with him again, something wrong with the face. And one of them answering said unto him, are you a stranger and don't know about these things? And Jesus said, what things are you talking about? And they told him about Jesus. And now they said, certain women also in our company have been to the sepulcher. They say that his body is gone. They've seen visions of angels. And now Jesus says to them, oh, you foolish men who are so slow in your heart to believe. Ought not Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? I am embarrassed tonight with my unbelief, aren't you? And I feel like crying out with the disciples of old. I believe, Lord, help thou mine unbelief. And Jesus said, you're so foolish and so slow in your heart to believe. And beginning at Moses, Jesus preached to them. No one preached like Jesus preached. He just preached about things they knew what he was talking about. About the soil and the crops, the children. And the crowd got so large there's nowhere to stand. Sometimes he had to stand in the boat to preach. But the difference was they recognized love in him. And I'm going to tell you, for no dog knows when you love him. I think that people do. And our world is not hungry for more beautiful words. Our world is hungry for love, real love again. And Jesus loved those he ministered to. Now, Jesus led on like he's going to go on and not stay with them. But the Bible said they constrained him, saying, 
abide with us for this toward evening. We've got some senior citizens here tonight. They got all kind of names for them. You know, Sam, teenagers, gray powers, senior citizens, commonly known as old folks. And we've got several here in this service tonight. And this would be a good text for you tonight. I've used this a few times preaching to older folk. They said, abide with us for it is toward evening. In some of your lives tonight, it's evening time. And the sun is setting. Be a good time to pray, Lord. It's getting evening time. Stay with me. Still meet you. They said, the day is far spent. And Jesus came in to tarry with them. And he sat down and meet with them. And he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And now their eyes were open and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. When Jesus prayed, they recognized him. That's been a real interest to me. They saw him. They walked with him. They talked to him. but didn't recognize him until he prayed. This says to me something that nobody prayed like Jesus prayed. Nobody else could pray like he prayed. I thought today about a verse in the Bible that says, Pray that you enter not into temptation. You know why you have so many problems in your life? Because you're not praying about things. You know why you have problems in the church? Because folk aren't praying. I don't care how spiritual we may act on the outside. Two people that pray are going to get along. Remember I told you that. They may disagree on some things. They may not see eye to eye. But if they're praying people, they'll get along. I don't care how spiritual people may seem and how fond you may be of them. When a person doesn't get along with others, it's a sign they're not praying. You can't pray for a fellow not love him. Boy, I love some fellows that are so contrary, they'd worry Satan out of his mind. But I love them. Every time I pray for them, I love them more. And when Jesus prayed, they recognized him because nobody prayed like Jesus prayed. As I came to preach tonight, to this pulpit, I remembered again this word, how he'd be praying for me tonight. And how can you fail? When you come to this place and Jesus is praying for you. I wish I could have been in quarantine when Jesus prayed for 40 days and nights and didn't, didn't need a bite. Praying for the will of God he done in his life. Is I don't want food. I don't want to jump off the church and try to make somebody believe that I'm somebody great. Oh, I'm so sick of personality worship. I wish we would love Christ again. Really love Christ again. The devil said to him, bow down and worship me. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. It is written, thou shalt serve the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And I wish I could have been there when he prayed those 40 days and nights. I wish I could have heard Jesus pray when he said to the disciples, don't you pray? I want you to pray like this. Say, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I wish I could have heard Jesus pray when he said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is true. And he said, don't take the boat out of the water. Keep the water out of the boat. Don't take them out of the world. Keep the world out of them. And for their sake, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified. I wish I could have heard him pray. When he finished preaching at night with aching body, emotionally drained, and he goes to rest the night with the ground for his bed and a stone for a pillow. And as he was praying far in the night, I wish I could have heard him pray. When he went to the garden to pray and said, If it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as thy will, but as thy will. I wish I could have heard him pray. When he was on the cross and he cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what to do. 
there and he said, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I wish I could have heard him pray. No one prays like Jesus prays. I was praying a while back about a very critical need. I'd reached sort of, I guess, the point of desperation. And I just found myself just crying out to God to answer prayer. And I seemed to hear Jesus say, hang on, I'm praying about it too. And they spake one another to one another, and this is what they said. And this is the first thing Jesus did for them. They said, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? The first thing Jesus did for his followers before he went back to heaven, he set their hearts on fire. You know, folks, the real problem is there's just not enough heart in the thing. Not enough heart in it anymore. Too much outward, not enough heart. Too much human, not enough God. I'm going to tell you folks something. I don't mean to shake you up. I don't want you to think I'm some kind of a nut, but it's just God's truth. If God were to die, which he isn't, but if he were to, most church work would go right on anyway, since it's of men and not of God. Very little in the modern-day religious world is God really blessing and moving on. That's why we don't have cases of hard-nosed sinners in the community coming and begging for mercy. That's why the glory is an outpouring and saints rejoice in the presence of God. You see, we just don't have God on us again like we ought to have. And they said the first thing Jesus did, he set their hearts on fire. He built a fire on the altar of their heart. Well, I thank God tonight, Brother Lob, it's burning and it won't go out. And he fans it tonight. But the winds of the Holy Ghost from heaven, glory to God, and the fire can burn on the altars of your heart tonight. And the first thing Jesus did, he built a fire in them and set their hearts on fire. I would to God tonight, the Lord had built a fire in some of you folks and stir you up so good, your kids would say, well, what's happened to mom and dad? They never were like this before. I wish the Lord would stir some of you folk up so good and get the fire so hot in your soul that you just burn a streak for God in your community and the church and all around here because the fire is burning in your heart. And the first thing Jesus did, he put a fire in their heart. Now, I'd like to preach here longer, but I want to come to the second thing. I don't want to leave Somersville being remembered as a long-winded preacher. <laughs> Remember me some way beside that, please. Now, the eleven gathered together. And them that with them saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and hath appeared to Simon. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, and he said to them, Peace be unto you. Somebody said, You know, a few years ago when the peace movement started, I said, A few years ago, nothing. The peace movement started when Jesus came there. The real peace movement. He said, Peace be unto you. He said, My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Now you see, folk, you can't shout all the time. Now some folk do, but it's a fake. You know. I 
I was working years ago in a camp meeting with a preacher, and I loved him like a brother. And I said to him, I said, I said, son, let Brother Hoots talk to you a minute. You don't have to be spiritual every minute. He'd reach the place where he felt like if he wasn't screaming at the top of his voice and wasn't just doing something hallelujah every second that God wasn't in it. And I said, you have got to that place where you feel like you have to do it all the time. Dr. B.H. Lewis wrote me a note one day and said, Bob, I appreciate what you're doing for Jesus. But don't forget to have you some fun and be normal along the way. Not a bad idea. You know. You can't shout all the time. But I got the best news for you. You can have peace all the time. Glory to God. God. Amen. I had a revival a while back with the Johnsons. Are they the black singers from the region? But every night they sang this little chorus I like. It's a chorus that white folk can't sing. And we try to sing it, we just can't do it. You know, try as we might. It takes black folk to sing. But every night they'd sing it. This peace I have in my heart, the world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. And I got blessed every night. And I'd say, Charles, sing that again tonight. And they'd sing it every night. This peace I have in my heart. The world can't take it away. Glory to God. And I got good news for you. 24 hours a day, this hidden stream goes on. And the devil may take the shout out of you. And you may be sore, distressed, and perplexed. And there may be times a burden is almost unbearable. But got good news, the peace abides. Glory to God. And no matter what may come or go, there's a deep, settled peace in my soul. Though the billows of sin near me roll, he abides. Hallelujah, Christ abides. I cannot tell thee whence it came. This peace within my breast. Only know that fills my soul a strange and tranquil rest. He gives you peace in your soul. I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. I'll sail the wild seas no more. Though tempests may sweep or the wild stormy deep. In Jesus, I'm saved evermore. You see, he gives you peace in your heart. Glory to God. And Jesus came and stood in the midst and he said, peace be unto you. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, I'm about to die with satisfaction. I love the Lord, love my church, love God's people, love His Word, love His will, love His work. (laughs) And there's a sweet peace in my soul. That's indescribable. Glory to God. Even when I'm a thousand miles from home, trying to force something on folk I don't even want. See, most churches don't want a revival. And I'm praying more for kids than the parents are praying for them. And I'm just tearing my heart out, giving all I got. In the midst of the biggest battle, when I'm the most discouraged, that peace just flows right on through my heart and never goes away. Glory be to Jesus forever. You see, he gives you this peace. And Jesus said, I've come out of the grave. I want you to have peace in your heart. You see, one of the worst things that happened to to folk is to be rattled and disturbed and easily upset. Not only is it a sign you're not in good spiritual victory, but it's also a sign you have emotional problems and that you're immature and that you're childish and you haven't got it all together right yet. You may be 10-year-old or 80 years old. I said to somebody the day, I, I, I hate to be married to a woman that gossips on the phone. I don't know what I do, but I think I take the phone out. I've been in the Bible where the man's supposed to be the head of the house, and I think that might give me the right to take the phone out. I'd hate to be a woman married to a big sissy man. Wouldn't it be people married to a sissy? And across this country traveling, I've seen big old 200 pound men say, they ain't cheating me, right? 
<laughs> Don't you feel sorry for the children? What kind of leaders a family like that got? Big old pouting man never did grow up yet. I feel sorry for folk. One thing about my preaching, it's easy to catch on to. Have you noticed that? But you see, the worst thing that happened to you is to not be at peace. You know, I got news for you, folks. I don't want to be around any fighting. I don't like fighting. I like peace and quiet. Amen. Don't want it in my home. Don't want it in my neighborhood. Don't want it in my church. Don't want it in my worship. I want peace in my heart. I want to be at peace with others. I want this tranquility and this serenity that sanctified folk ought to have. That's when they worship better and we preach better and we sing better and we get along better when we're peace and quiet. I pray God take away every storm, every error, every shortness and give us love and warmth and peace. And John Wesley said the surest sign a man is sanctified holy is that he has a quiet spirit. I want to be at peace with myself. So many folk aren't at peace with themselves. I was pastoring a fellow once, because I'm a very plain spoken fellow. And I said to him, I said, Ben, you really henpecked bad, ain't you? And he got up on his hand and he said, How do you know, preacher? You ain't been to my house. As I don't have to be. You're fighting and scratching in the church. And that means you're so henpecked at home. You gotta to come to church to show your authority, haven't you? If I had to major in psychology in college, I wouldn't think of all that stuff. <laughs> I'm fifty two years old. I ain't never had no local local fuss or district fuss or general fuss. And I feel so clean and wholesome on the inside. And I'm at peace with myself, and I love everybody. And it's a good ground to stand on. Praise the Lord, Brother Lob. And Jesus said, peace be unto you. I'm going to give you peace in your heart. Praise the Lord forevermore. And no matter what may come in your life tonight, no matter what the situation, you can be so close to Christ and have so much of him in your life that you can have peace in your life and peace in your heart. And Jesus came out of the grave to give us peace. They said, we've seen a ghost. That can't be Jesus. Isn't that just like us? He answers prayer and scares us into a nervous breakdown. We've seen a ghost. And my sympathy lies with those disciples. I see ghosts myself all the time. I see them every night. I know they're not there. Those are things ghosts, but I still see them. And how to explain that? You know, I grew up on ghost tales. We had the same thing 365 nights a year when I was a kid down the creek every night. We had three things every night, popcorn, checkers, and ghost tales, 365 nights a year. And then with no electric lights upstairs, Daddy'd get the razor strap and put me up that ladder into the attic to make me sleep up there. And if I won't give you a complex, brother, nothing will. I see him everywhere. I saw him. I drove to your funeral home tonight. Saw him out there on the lawn. <laughs> and they said to Jesus, they said, we've seen a ghost. Why, this can't be Jesus. We've seen a ghost. That's what he did. Go ahead and laugh. It's good for you. Laugh for you. The Bible said, do you good like a medicine? <laughs> he said, we've seen a ghost. That's what it is. But Jesus said, feel of my hands and feel of my feet. He said, does a ghost have bones and flesh? He said, bring me a fish. I'll eat it. See what you think about that. Did you ever see a ghost eat a fish? Bring me a fish. And Jesus said, I am real. I'm not a ghost. I've come to give you peace in your life. Glory to God. Well, 45 years ago, 
I knelt at an old Methodist morning bed, and they took out the storm and the confusion and put a peace in there that's never gone away. I've had some tough trials. Back of this old possum grin, there's been a lot of trials. But the peace is not subsiding. Glory to God for that. Now come the third thing Jesus did for him. Right before he left, Dr. Luke said that he led them out as far as Bethany and he shared with them. Well, no, wait a minute. No, that's the new word. <laughs> Back up and start over here. <laughs> oh, he taught them about unconditional love. No, no, wait, that's not it. That's the new phrase. I got to back up again here. Some folk don't like this word, and I just love it. Man, I love this word. The devil hates it. Old dried up liberal prunes scoff at it. Boy, that's one of my favorite words. And Jesus led them out to Bethany and raised up his hands and he blessed them. Glory to God. <laughs> I like the word blessed. I'm still getting blessed. Praise the Lord. Plan to get blessed some more. Praise Amen. the Lord. He led them out and he blessed them. How long has it been since the Lord blessed you good? I mean, just poured it on you good. I want to tell you something, folks. There's a high price to pay for getting blessed. And not many people are going to pay that kind of price. But you can have all of God you want. You can be as close as you want to be. And I challenge you not to pay that kind of price. He can be real in your life, really real, and bless you. And make himself real to you. And he led them out, and he blessed them. Let me be honest with you tonight. Back across the years of ministry, when we've had our great services, I mean, when the thing caved in and God did some big things, it's never been many times because Bob Hoots preached. I don't want to take away from that. I don't mean it that way. But in almost every case, you know what happened? It happened because the Lord came. That's why it happened. Only God is a match for the devil. Only the Holy Ghost can conquer the spirit of the devil in this world. It takes a known slaughter of God in heaven to do it. And without the heat of the Holy Ghost, it can't be done. And across the years, I remember every time when God came, suddenly it was so simple and easy and beautiful when God took over and when God did it. And when, folks, are we going to learn again? It is not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. I was preaching sometime back at the Bible school and at the Eastboro Church in Colorado Springs. There's a little black man belongs to that church. Been my friend for many years. He was a, I forget his rank in the army, but had a real high rank as an army officer. And he was just about to retirement when he had a stroke, a very severe stroke, and came out of service. He's a civilian now there in Colorado Springs. Hadn't been in the church for a long time. He told his pastor, he said, I love Bob, and I'm going to come one night if they have to bring me in an ambulance. I'm going to come one night. And Friday night he came. Little fellow about this high. Shined like a lump of coal. He's just a full of God is beautiful. With great difficulty, they got him up in the door and he sat down in the back pew. That night I preached on heaven. Wallen Ginger Laxon was with me in that meeting and after I preached on heaven, I sang my conclusion. I do that now. They're not very often, but I did that night. And Wallen Ginger came and joined me and we sang, Oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face. There to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, I'm home at last, ever to rejoice. And I saw my little friend stand up. And he started getting blessed. That old struggle just crippled his little old body. He couldn't hardly move. And he was trying to get blessed, and his hands wouldn't work right, and his feet wouldn't work right. But finally, he got it in the aisle, and he started toward the front. To tell you the truth, I don't think he knew which direction he was moving. But he was coming toward the front. And he was just dragging his feet along. 
But he came down the aisle. He got to going faster. He kept walking better as he came down the aisle. Finally, his feet got to going pretty good. And finally, he got to jumping and leaping and clapping his hands. And suddenly, it dawned on him what he was doing. And he stopped back there and jumped real high and said, look, folks, the Lord heal me. Glory to God. And he began to walk around that building and shout around that building. Let me tell you the rest of the story. Before he got done rejoicing, that altar was filled. The platform was filled. The front pews were filled. Old hard cases, I guess, a hundred of them they'd prayed for for years. You know what happened? Because one of God's little old saints got blessed. Let me tell you, it produces conviction. It stirs up the community. It makes the devil mad. It makes heaven rejoice. And I pray God will bless us again. And if we'll turn off the damnable TV and throw the newspaper down a while and pray in the closet and read the word and get close to God, he'll bless us again. And when we come to church, we'll bring him with us. Wow, when I was a kid, I remember used to have some old saints that when they walk in the door, you knew he was going to have church that day. They brought God with them. Remember, everywhere they went, something happened. I wish God would make some of you focus somewhere be a cheerleader for Jesus. Glory to God. They have to have cheerleaders to try to get a leather pumpkin back before the cross of Pastor Phil. How come the homeless folk couldn't have a cheerleader? Glory to Jesus. And I wish the Lord had set one of you folk on fire and make you a spiritual, a spiritual cheerleader. And you get blessed again. Glory be to God. Amen. I've been blessed a good a few times lately. I didn't know if I was going to die or not. <laughs> I got blessed the other night and I said to my friend, old fellow sitting there, he's real old weapon year. I said, I think I might be dying. He said, no, nah, son, I've been blessed like that. You'll come through fine and feel better than you ever felt. Glory to God. Would that be a good way to go to heaven? That'd be drying up and a yak and fussing your way in. Oh, I pray God will get us out of our lethargy and our griping and our old negative ingrown stuff and help us to be liberal and sanctified and free on the inside, full of God, full of wholeness, full of love, loving God, loving each other, happy with ourselves, glory be to God, and getting blessed again. Praise the Lord. I don't mean just mere emotion. They have that at Barnum and Bailey. I don't mean just hooping for the fun of it. I detest it. I better have a quiet, dead atmosphere than to put on. But oh, I pray in the real way that we'll just get so close to God again in this church that He'll bless us again. We don't impress the world, Brother Whitaker, with our air conditioning and our carpet. We don't impress anybody. It'd be nice it would, but it doesn't. I think what impress this old world are saints getting blessed and saints getting stirred. And I pray that He will bless us again. And the prayer of my heart is, Lord, pour it on. Do it again. Revive us again. Bless us again. Amen. Stir us up again. Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again. I tell you, folks, they got so many old dead preachers and laymen around the country. And so many dead churches. And so many dead services. Just having the same thing week after week. And we're not going to change our world that way. And reach our neighbors that way. I tell you what's going to happen. When revival comes. And we get blessed again and get excited again. Oh, how I pray God will bless his children in this place again. Glory to God. Well, he set their hearts on fire. He gave them peace. And then he blessed them. I want to ask you tonight, how are you getting along on these three counts? Now, don't shake your head and say amen. Some of us are spiritual. We just never hear anything God says. No matter what the preacher said, we just say, hey, amen, that's right. If for somebody else, help him to do it. Just be real still and listen a moment. How are you getting along on these three things tonight? 
right now is our fire in your heart. God that knows all things. Is there a fire in your heart? Where your treasure is, where your heart be also. What are you excited about tonight? What means the most to you? What does your heart grab and reach out to? What turns you on the most? What do you do with your spare time? What thrills you in your life more than anything else? What kind of fire have you got in your heart tonight? Secondly, are you a peaceful person? Oh, Lord, don't let me stir up any confusion in this world. But God in heaven knows we've got too much already. Are you a peaceful person? At peace in your heart. Now, let me ask you a third thing. Are you getting blessed? When I say getting blessed, I don't mean running the aisle necessarily, because I don't do that myself. I'd like to, but the Lord never would let me. You know, I'd be, I'd be glad to go if you want me to run. I'd just run right now, but that's not my thing. I just cry and look ugly, you know. But in one way or another, his spirit will bear witness with your spirit that you're a child of God and you'll know you have passed from death unto life. And I pray that tonight we'll just get so close that we'll pay the price and get blessed again. Really blessed again. How long has it been since you got blessed? How long has it been, brother, since you've been the clover patch? How long has it been, sister, since you last saw a honeybee? How long has it been since you stood on the edge of heaven and angels made music at the doorstep of your heart and you're so overwhelmed you thought you'd nearly die in the presence of God? How long has it been? You listen to Brother Hoof, listen real close. You can't make it without it. Now you listen to me, you can't make it without it. There's got to come some times in our life, Brother Love. We just stop everything where it is and we stay right there till we touch God again. And some of you folks, before you leave this room tonight, or to drape yourself over this mourner's bench like the little children and say, Lord, I'm not going to get up till I touch you again. And you touch me again. I'm not going on this way. Glory to God. Let's stand together, please. Everyone stand with us. We're going to sing in a moment the little chorus we sang this morning. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him all the way. But let's pray together first. Our Father, we love you tonight. Not for the loaves and fishes, but the privilege to subscribe the lifestyle of Christ and to suffer with you that we might someday reign with you. Now, Jesus, help us in this last service tonight. Oh, God, give us victory. Don't let a mom or a dad or a boy or girl leave here tonight until they know they were the ought to be with the Lord. Let us have, I pray, 100% victory tonight. And the devil doesn't have an inch of ground. And the devil doesn't have charge of anybody. But I pray in the last day men has been said that every one of us will know in our hearts that we've obeyed you in this service tonight. Thank God we have an altar, a place to pray. What a good time. We're in your house among friends. What a good time to pray. Help us now as we come to have our need met this night. I pray in Jesus' name. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he
I'll go with him, with him, all. You cannot pay in money for the kind of atmosphere we have right now this moment. God is in this room with beautiful, warm conviction. Not something negative and tough and cold and raspy, but something divine and warm and tender and drawing and beautiful like God reaches out to those who love. He's with us today. I want that man here tonight who is miserable on the inside. You can hardly stand yourself. You're so miserable. I want you to come tonight and pray it clear through. I want that lady here tonight that no longer has the kind of victory she once had. She remembers the good days when God was real, but it's way back yonder somewhere. I want you to come tonight and pray it through. We're going to sing this chorus again. Your need may be bigger, it may be small, but Jesus can meet it tonight. I want you to come before we go tonight and talk to him about it while we sing it together again, all right? Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he, bless you, my brother, me, I will follow where he, God bless that young man. Thank God for that young man. God bless him. I'll go with him, with him all the I'll go with 